Three years after recreational cannabis became legal in Illinois, many of the state's craft growers are still facing significant obstacles. So far, out of 88 licenses issued, only one facility is opened and only one secured a loan through a state program set up specifically for marijuana businesses. Time is running out. The deadline for these businesses to be ready to go is March 1st. WBEZ's Alex Degman has the story. Think of the term craft cannabis like craft beer. Verano and Cresco, two of the big guys, have operated in Illinois since the state's pilot medical program. They'd be the Miller and Budweiser of the cannabis industry. They got in when major companies were allowed to start cultivation centers as large as 210,000 square feet, and they were ready to go when recreational use was legalized. You can find their products in a lot of dispensaries around the state. But the state's recreational marijuana program also makes room for smaller players like Reese Xavier, the CEO and managing partner of HT23. Xavier's company is taking over a bunch of space in a former strip mall. This was an Ace Hardware. This was a restore shop. I want to say like a Habitat for Humanity restore or resale. There was a Liberty Tax and then a boxing gym. We're at the corner of a busy intersection in south suburban Chicago Heights. There's a Burger King in the middle of the old mall's parking lot, and the site sits across the street from another strip center full of restaurants, a grocery store, and retail. So from that corner all the way down to the tree line all the way, all the way back down to the tree line down there. Xavier didn't think about entering the cannabis industry until a few years ago. That's when he researched some of the drug's medical benefits, and he was impressed by the state's plan to reinvest some marijuana revenue into communities that were disproportionately impacted by past drug enforcement policies. He also sees cannabis as an economic catalyst. I thought if I could find a company that could be rooted in in the community, that could provide economic opportunity, maybe that would change things around. And I thought cannabis could be the the tool to make that happen. The state had people like Xavier, who's African-American, in mind when issuing 88 conditional craft grow licenses. All of them were issued to companies meeting social equity criteria. That means most of the company's ownership has either lived in a disadvantaged area the majority of the last 10 years or been convicted of a cannabis offense, or hires a majority of their workers from a disadvantaged area. Disadvantaged here refers to an area that's been significantly affected by past drug enforcement, and it's used here as a proxy for race. The idea was to create a lower barrier of entry for people who don't have access to as much capital. But there's a major problem. Xavier can't attract investors in part because of state regulations. One of the main questions they ask, well, how much can you grow? Remember how the big companies can grow in 210,000 square feet? Well, craft growers only get 5,000. We have to start, well, 5,000 square feet. And, and as I quickly try to say, well, we can go up to 14, they say, well, wait a minute. What are the, what are the big folks doing? Uh, well, they have uh, 210,000 square feet, and that's almost a stop sign. Like, whoa. Other craft growers are in similar situations. They're facing delays and problems getting financing or outside investments. Even if they are allowed to use 14,000 square feet initially, there's no guarantee that they'll have the startup capital to do it. And there's no guarantee investors will come back. To help with financing, the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity, or DCEO, started a loan program for social equity cannabis businesses with two financial institutions. Craft growers are eligible for up to a million dollars, half of that from the state, the other half from either Good Tree Capital or Credit Union One. Xavier was turned down by Credit Union One. They didn't tell him why, and they didn't respond to me when I asked. But he has an idea. I would imagine that the lending institution has to evaluate you know, and a startup company, social equity a- applicants, no cash flow. Oftentimes, you know, we're not millionaires. Although he hasn't been approved for anything yet, Xavier says he is working with Goodtree Capital. 
they also didn't respond to questions. Growers and other cannabis businesses that have already been granted a license can still apply for a loan. But DCEO spokeswoman Emily Bolton in an email acknowledged the, quote, certain level of uncertainty that came with a new program based on a still federally illegal substance. That led to the launch of the new Direct Forgivable Loan Program in November. Bolton says DCEO is exploring other options for future lending program opportunities, but will it be too late for this cohort of craft growers? I'm not naive to the uphill challenges that any small business uh, faces, but I really do believe at this point that we're being set up to fail. That's Lisbeth Vargas Jaimes, the executive director of the Illinois Independent Craft Growers Association. She says only one craft grower operation has opened so far in Illinois, and even though DCEO says several more are close to getting approved for financing, everyone with a conditional license has to be ready to operate by March 1st. Really, realistically, our fear is March 1st is going to come around the corner and people who weren't able to be operational or leading up to that are, are going to be forced to either buckle, lose their license, or sell. The Illinois Department of Agriculture, which oversees craft grow licenses, says that deadline has already been extended multiple times. Officials didn't say if they plan to extend it again. Advocates also want legislative fixes, but it's hard to pass things related to cannabis. Democratic State Senator Christina Castro of Elgin sponsored the bill that craft growers have long wanted, increasing the amount of grow space that they can immediately use. But it languished for almost a year, didn't go anywhere, and now it's too late. That legislative session ended, so now Castro has to start over. My commitment is to continue to working on this, and I know there are other things that, you know, industry and also craft grow are looking into. And so maybe it can become a, like part of a small package. In the meantime, Reese Xavier with HT23 continues seeking loans. While he waits, he's pushing the business forward with his infuser license. He plans to make things like gummies and vape cartridges to get products into stores as quickly as possible. We're trying to, you know, scale back our need to the bare minimum, break it up into phases become operational, generate some money, and then uh, be able to, to move forward on a second second phase. Xavier says starting up the kitchen will cost about $2 million, but it'll take around $9 million for HT23 to fully build out. He says he's pretty confident that his company will be operational within the next six months. And as he crowdfunds, invests his own money, and starts infusing, he says the state hasn't held up its end of the deal. And so he waits. Alex Degman, WBEZ News.